previously on Thomas and the Bible. Um, let's see. Matthew and Jesus and everybody was happy. And they all lived happily ever after. I think. Now, that's not... That wasn't a very good... Dis- um, so, uh, Jesus was... And he lived happily ever after? No, that wasn't... I don't know. Something happened in the reading. And I don't have Harley to help me out, so I don't know. I'm not sure what it was. Well, thank you, Harley, for that very confused intro. I say it displays a real lack of professionalism on your part. Um, so we are going to read Matthew 21 through 23. We're stopping a little, a tiny bit short because of the way the chapters work out. It's the way the chapters crumble. And uh, then I guess next episode will probably be a tiny bit longer. But that's, again, that's uh, all part of God's plan. Anyway, um, let's see. What do we want to talk about? I don't. I don't really have anything to say uh, until. I mean, we, we start reading. I mean, once once we read the Bible, I guess I'll have stuff to say. Matthew twenty when, and when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage. Oh, I read Bethpage, but it's Bethphage. Um, and then I was going to say Bethpage Black, like the uh, the famous golf course in New York that uh, hosts the U.S. Open from time to time. Bethpage. So they're going to play a round of golf. Jesus and his disciples are like, you know what? We've been working. We've been discipling all day uh, for the better part of the month, I think. Just discipling here, discipling there. Jesus has been ma- ma- making water into wine. Oh, wait, did he do that yet? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't remember. Has Jesus made water into wine yet? He's done everything. It doesn't. It's not like that would be a more impressive miracle. Like, no, he's saving water into wine for later. I mean, he's already walked on water. I remember that. He's already cured people of diseases and all that. But really, and he's and he's made fish and loaves last an infinite number of people, you know, like just infinite food. So, but... Has he turned water into wine? I don't remember. So that'll be the, that's the big finale. Um, anyway, they're going to Bethphage Black to play a round of golf because they're tired. You know, they've had a hard, they've had a hard time. Let Jesus play one or two rounds of golf before he gets crucified. Saying unto them, go into the village over against you and straight away you shall find an ass tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. So you're just stealing people's animals, but whatever. And if any man say aught to you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that works. Just anyone who's stealing anything, just be like, Oh, no, no, this isn't for me. This is, God needs it. I'm just grabbing it for the Lord. So, oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. Take, take my prized possessions. Take my food. All this was done so that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. So, this is what Hitchens would reference um, as the incredibly unimpressive uh, ability that Jesus had to just fulfill a prophecy kind of by force. So, it's like, you know, and it, and the prophecies again. I read them a little bit um, for that bonus episode of just nothingness because the page number fiasco. Um, 
the prophecies are really unimpressive already. But even if we say, okay, it's been prophesied that Jesus, the or not Jesus, <laughs> the Son of God or the prophet or whatever, will ride upon an ass. And then Jesus is like, oh, Hmm, I almost forgot. Can you go fetch me a donkey? And then I'm going to ride it. And it's like, whoa, what a crazy, cool prophecy. <laughs> He's just doing what it said. Anyway, that's what Hitchens would always make fun of. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded and brought the ass and the colt and put them on their, and put on them their clothes and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches Oh, man. Sorry, I'm particularly tired this week. I'm going to do my best to fight the yawn count. Oh, come on. Uh, Slap my face. Very exciting things happening in this book. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh. In the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved. All the city. So there's one guy riding in on a donkey. The whole city stops. Like there's the record scratch kind of sound. Like there's a dude riding a donkey. Hold on. Stop commerce. Stop everything. There's a dude on a donkey. And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple. Oh, is this the money changer episode? And overthrew the tables of the money changers. Oh, yeah, that answers that. And the seats of them that sold doves. Well, come on. I don't really see how that was necessary. So I get the money changer thing is like Jesus is a real, you know, 99 percenter. He's like, yeah, it's friggin one percent. <laughs> it was a. Jesus was an Occupy Wall Streeter. So I get that. I get the But what about people who sell doves? It seems like that's pretty reasonable. I don't know. How rich could those people be? They're selling doves. How many doves do you sell in a given day? Like two-ish? One? How many people are in the market for doves? Like, mm, man, I need to go buy more doves. <laughs> Besides Joe Bluth. Uh, anyway, uh, and it said, and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Why are there any blind or lame left at this point? Jesus just heals all of them like zap, bam, wow, pow, with like, you know, uh, old timey superhero, (laughs) What what did you call those little uh, expression, you know, boxes or whatever? Pow, wham, zap. He just heals all the, the blind and the lame. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, they definitely did not crucify him. <laughs> and the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased. Oh, yeah. Okay. And said unto him, Hearest thou what they say? Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. Jesus gets hungry for some reason. It's not clear why. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, 
Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Not sure why that was necessary. Maybe it'll come into play later. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Yes, some asshole told it not to grow anything anymore. So you you only have Jesus to blame for this one. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but if <laughs> but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and thou be cast into the sea, it shall be done. So not only can you kill more innocent fig trees for no reason, if there are mountains you can move them which you also don't need to do for any reason. So you can do some things that will probably just disrupt nature and people's lives and won't help anything. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. And when he was come into the temple and the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And Jesus said, uh, I will ask you to do one thing, which if you tell me, I and likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it, from heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not then believe him? But if we say of men, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered uh, Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither can, uh, Neither tell I you, by what authority I do these things. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first. And oh, again, Jesus, the people around Jesus who know him at this point are like, oh, God, he's doing those friggin' stories again. All right, yeah, there's some weird thing. Uh, but what, okay, anyway, and said, son, go to work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. Here another parable. There was a certain, they're like, oh God, you got more of these? How many of these you got? Are we, are we almost done with all your parables? Just tell me. Yeah. For, uh, let's see, uh, here's another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen uh, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed the other and stoned another. Well, that's not good. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say, they say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus saith unto them, 
Did ye read, never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in your eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whoever, whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Uh. So yeah, this parable was like, okay, so there's a garden that a guy owns and, but it's far away from him. So he, he hires like, what, what would it be? Sharecroppers? Is that what it is? Where they are supposed to like farm the food and then the owner should get a cut. Well, the owner sends his servants down to collect his cut one day or month or whatever. And then the people who are, you know, doing the, whatever the serve or what did it, was they call them? The people on the garden, um, <laughs> they just kill the servants. And so then he's like, well, what? Okay. I'll send some more servants. And so he does. And then they kill some more servants. And then he's like, well, I'll send my own son. Now, this is idiotic. This is borderline criminally stupid behavior. So, and here's the thing. The guy, the property owner is supposed to be God. And the people are the people, I guess. And the garden is earth or something. Because, like, he's sending people to go collect money. <laughs> this is this is great. Because I studied this. And uh, it's supposed to be a great parable for, like, oh, he sends his own son. And then, we you know, the people killed his son. It's just like Jesus. So it's like, well, let's examine this analogy. So we're supposed to be tilling this field of earth. Like we, we have to work here, but then God wants his cut. Like, I don't know what that is. I guess in Jesus's day or in the Old Testament day, that would be like sacrifices and stuff. So somehow God wants something from the earth. I don't know what that, that part doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, so he sends some servants, they get killed. We murder them. And then he's like, mm, I'll send my son. That'll work. Really? Like, how stupid is that? If you're sending people to their deaths and then you're like, well, next I will, for my next trick, I will send my son to his death. That's, uh, I think yeah, that's your fault. I think the saying goes, murder my servant once, shame on you. Murder my servant again and my son, shame on me. So I'm pretty sure God is a moron. Uh, so Matthew 22, and Jesus answered and spake, uh, unto them again by parables that said, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come again. He sent for other servants saying, tell them that which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, and one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Well, wait, what happened to Jesus, meek and mild, turn the other cheek kind of thing? Hmm. Then he saith unto his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. 
So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they could find, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man which had not a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is, wow, this is great. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. They, uh, and they sent out unto, oh, so that's the end of the story, I guess, because it's talking about the Pharisees now. And they sent out him, their disciples with the Herodians saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God and truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Hmm, I wonder if this is where he's going to render what is unto Caesar, unto Caesar. Uh, Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt me, ye hypocrites? Shew me the tribute money. And they brought him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the thing which are Caesar's, and unto God the thing that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Are they, really, they're marveling at those words? Is that some genius thing? What does that even mean? Like, yeah, okay, pay the tax. That's all. That's it. There's nothing. It wasn't genius. The same day came to him. The sa- Well, I, I want to go back to this parable. I wasn't fully convinced it was over. So a guy's having a wedding. And this is this is psychotic, and this is the kind of thing that I think made sense to Jesus if he existed. But by today's standards, this would not make sense. And this is something in the New Testament, by the way. So there's a guy who, again, is supposed to be God, I think, and he's ha- putting on a ceremony, a wedding or something. And he's like, go get me guests for the wedding to his servants, and then no one will come to his wedding. You know why? Because they don't like him. Because he's, <laughs> you know, why, you know why no one's coming to God's wedding? No one likes him. He's not nice. He's not a very nice person. He's not fun to be around. He's not a hoot. He's not very entertaining. He's a, anyway. So no one comes to this wedding. And then furthermore, like someone like kills some of the servants, I guess, for some reason. But anyway, then Jesus is like, oh, well, go kill, or sorry, the person, I guess. Jesus is telling the story. But whoever it is who's supposed to be God says, all right, well, I'm going to go kill all those people. And then this is the greatest thing. Then he's like, well, now I don't have any guests to invite to the wedding. And so they're like, well, just go get anything, get anybody. And so he goes and he gets anybody. And then the wedding happens. And then there's a guy not dressed in wedding garments. And he sends him to hell, essentially, the equivalent of hell. He's like, oh, throw him into darkness and there will be gnashing of teeth. What? What does this mean? What lesson is that supposed to provide? So he goes, he's desperate for wedding guests. He finds some random people and then they're not dressed the way he wants. So he like tortures them infinitely. This is, this is God according to Jesus. So that's good, good stuff. All right. Well, I do want to amend, I get, okay. The Christian interpretation of this is that, um, when they come to the wedding, the people who come, the guests that we're not planning to, I guess it's apparently it was a custom to offer them clothes. So then it's saying like they didn't accept the offering of the clothes. So then he sends them to, <laughs> so then he sends them to outer darkness for, again, sends them to hell essentially. So 
I, the point I'm making is the guy, it wasn't that the guy just wasn't dressed right. It's apparently that Jesus's gift, you know, which is his sacrifice, the, uh, the, the analogy, by the way, that was not accepted because the guest didn't accept the wedding clothes. And so therefore he deserves to be tortured for eternity. So it's still, it's still ridiculous, but I guess, uh, it's slightly less ridiculous if we assume that that was the custom of the time. Um, so where were we saying master Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there was with us seven brethren when the first, when he had married a wife deceased and having no issue left his wife unto his brother. Oh, that was nice of him. Hey, I leave you this woman, whatever, just take her. Likewise, the second also and the third unto the seventh and last of all, the women, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall be of the seven? <laughs> For they all had her. This is funny. So he's so <laughs> so he's like any good teenager, or like wisecracking kid, smartass kid. He's like, so in heaven, we're all going to be reunited with our wives, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if my I my brother dies and leaves his wife to another brother, and then he dies and leaves his wife to them, and so on? So essentially, like passing the wife down the chain of seven brothers, and they all die, and then the guy wants to know, like, Jesus in heaven, whose wife will he be? Will she be? Jesus answered and said unto them, You do you do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him that uh, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked him, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. Hmm. He saith unto them, how then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, and I'll make thine enemies thy footstool. If David can call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. <laughs> so all he has to do is confuse him. And it is confusing. So the guy... the. Someone's asking, or Jesus asked in order to confuse the people to, you know, silence because he's tired of them talking. He's like, I got a question for you. How can I be God and be my own son too? They're like, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Shut up. (laughs) All right. Final chapter for tonight. Matthew 23, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. What? Okay, I'm going to read that again. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do not, 
but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Hmm. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move, uh, not move them with one of their fingers. Yeah, it's like just people who give orders and don't actually do the uh, the orders. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries. Oh, I gotta look up that. Hold on, I gotta look up that word phylacteries. Where did that come from? That is how did the how did the old English even come? Okay, let's 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 see what this is. Phylacteries. A small leather box containing Hebrew texts on vellum worn by Jewish men at morning prayer as a reminder to keep the law. Interesting. So that's a phylactery. Um, okay, let's see. And enlarge the borders of their garments. Oops, I accidentally hit the... Uh, yeah. um, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in their synagogues and greetings in the market and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be not yet ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayer, therefore ye shall receive greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for... Okay, maybe this is why perhaps Jesus pissed a few people off. (laughs) He's just going nuts on them now. Hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, uh, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold, and whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether for whether is greater the gift, or he's saying like which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore, so it's people being materialistic, he's saying, you know, they're just, he's just condemning different bad versions of people like, oh, uh, they're, you know, more concerned with wealth, they're more concerned with the building, the church, the altar, than they are with the actual, you know, message of God, basically. And he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint. And, 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 and I gotta look up this word. A-N-I-S-E. Sounds dirty. And anise. Is it anise? Aniseed. So it's also called aniseed. Sorry. Anise. <laughs> It's a Mediterranean plant. So there you go. Uh, it sounded a little dirtier than that. Sorry. So they're giving anus. They, hey, look, you can give all the anus you want and the <laughs> and cumin. C U M M I N. This is going south. 
For ye pay the tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and ye omitted the weightier matters of the law. And is it cumin? But I'm just saying cumin, because why not? Judgment, mercy, faith, and these ought ye ought to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. <laughs> well, that, that's pretty impressive. If someone follows a camel, uh, swallows a camel, rather, they would get into heaven if I were the Messiah. That, that would be one. I'd be like, you could do whatever you want. You could be Hitler. You could be the worst person in the world. But there is a special exemption. Whoever can swallow this entire camel, you get into heaven. So some giant snake is like, oh, yes, finally, I'm back in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within they are full of uh, extortion and excess. (laughs) They are full of excess. (laughs) I get that. I mean, it's probably a translation thing, but it's kind of funny to think like, ah, this cup is full of excess. It's like, well, it's it's full of however much it can fit. How could could it fit excess? That doesn't make sense. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of uncleanness. Okay, I get it. They're materialistic. They're more concerned with earthly possessions. That's pretty much the entirety of this reading. Woe unto you for your, oh, I read that. Even so, ye outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves, that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous bloodshed upon the earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Berechias, whom he slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So Jesus sort of uh, just went off on them. He's just like, ah, I'm tired of this crap. I'm just going to tell them how crappy they are. And so he pretty much just told a bunch of people how crappy they were. and, And I don't suspect that it will be received too well. But there you go. I mean, that's Jesus's way. That's what he'll do. Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do. Sorry, my mic boom stand is being a little loud i'm trying to i was trying to solve it on the fly but i i I didn't get away with it i would have gotten away with it hadn't been for those uh, meddling uh mic stand springs anyway um so that's the end of our reading for this particular day uh i want to see if i have any patrons to thank real quick you can always go to patreon.com slash 
TN the B, all one word. If you would like to support what's going on, if you'd like to support the show, then uh, please do so. It's It would be awfully kind of you. Um, and uh, there you go. So let's see. Um, my current patrons. Did I have any new ones? What's the date? It's the second. Uh, no new ones. So guys, no new patrons for like the third week in a row. Sad. Well, I still appreciate all my current patrons who are amazing. So, uh, as an example, I would like to thank John Bodley, Marcel, Stacy Sweeney, George Green, Sarah McPike, Scott McFarlane, Charles Bangweiner, Tom Chambers, Brian Garfort, Lee Primesberger, John P., David Vandervlies, Travis Peterson, Eriberto, Rob, uh, and Bonnie. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, for some reason, it's saying a lot of payments were declined. I think that's because Patreon is dumb. But if not, if that's an old card or something, if you get a notice saying it's declined, I wouldn't mind if you checked it out. But uh, but yeah, it's it's like a lot of you. So I don't know if Patreon... Patreon's probably having problems. So sorry about that. But thank you so much for contributing or at least doing your best to contribute despite Patreon's best efforts. So thank you guys. Uh, I really, really am so grateful for your support. And I will see you on the flip side.